Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the C-Squared podcast. It's been a uh, very tumultuous week in the world of chess. A lot of things have happened. Uh, a big story has popped up, a Wall Street Journal uh, article about the allegations made against Alejandro Ramirez by Jennifer Shahadi and multiple other women. So this is what we will be discussing in this episode. Let's get straight into it. All right, Fabi, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a pretty crazy week. Um, obviously, the big story is the uh, Wall Street Journal article that uh, we have uh, discussed. Now, tell us a bit about the timeline of all these events. And uh, yeah, let's start there. Well, we, we, had, we mentioned this briefly in one of our previous videos after Jennifer Shahadi released a public statement on Twitter. And the statement was titled, Time's Up. And it was about Alejandro Ramirez, and it featured her uh, experiences with Alejandro going back 10 years. As we know, we've known them a long time. They've known each other a long time. And she also said that she had heard and been approached by other women and that they had come with their own um, experiences of abuse, uh, ranging from underage uh, abuse with underage girls, uh, grooming was mentioned, to sexual assault. I think that is also what Jennifer Shahadi experienced. And then this was elaborated on, uh, and we were given details in the Wall Street Journal article, which happened, I guess it was about a week ago. And so when it first happened, when Jen came out with her statement, and a few days later we touched on it very briefly, mm -hmm. and we got a lot of criticism for not going into much detail over that. Uh, the reason that we went, touched on it only very briefly, and it was a very brief statement that we made, was because we didn't have any details. And, okay, I can only speak from my point of view, but I do like to take a step back. Absolutely. And to yeah. reconsider, to consider things, especially when it, when it comes to very serious matters, and these are really serious matters, involving someone who's been, well, multiple people who have been mainstays in the chess world and especially in U.S. chess for a long time. And, and good friends of ours uh, people we've known, as well. People, people we've, we've known, known for very a very well long time. For, yes. um, like I've known Alejandro since like 2016 quite well and Jennifer since 2014 mm. when I started um, playing and working in, in the United States working on chess and I played uh, the Singfield Cup in 2014. Uh, and, and the allegations are like, we already knew they were serious, but they became like the details made it much, much worse. And I think this is very important to mention. We did address it in our Discord immediately after uh, this uh, Time's Up statement by Jennifer popped up on uh, Twitter. We condemned it, obviously, uh, but we didn't want to jump to any conclusions because we didn't have a lot of uh, details. Now, logically, it felt like there will be more details coming up in uh, the next few weeks. So that's why we want to take a step back, uh, address it briefly, and then obviously come back with um, a much more um, elaborate statement later on. Yeah, and I yeah, think this what is happened. what we're doing right now. Yeah, what happened was a lot more details came out. So I, I just think we should read Jennifer Shahadi's first statement. Sure. Uh, which was made on Twitter. Yep. And 
And that was made on February 15th. February 15th, right? Yes. So the title is Time's Up. Uh, it starts, currently there are multiple investigations underway on Alejandro Ramirez and sexual misconduct, including a series of alleged incidents involving a minor. I was assaulted by him twice, nine and ten years ago. I'd moved on until the past couple of years, when multiple women, independent of each other and with no knowledge of my own experience, approached me with their own stories of alleged abuse. These accounts were from much younger alleged victims. I saw alarming evidence, including texts that admitted abuse of a minor while he was coaching her, as well as a text to an alleged victim about being an underage temptress. Second page. The road to investigation and potential consequences has been a very stressful process. You may have noticed I've taken a major step back from commentary as this plays out. I filled the time with poker writing and promoting girls in chess, and yet a lot of that work to make chess more inclusive is futile. If we cannot make crystal clear that the safety of women, girls, and children is of the highest priority, and that's why I'm speaking out now, thanks for your support and patience for more details. And as we know, more details came out, mm. corroborated by the Wall Street Journal, and yeah. they included accounts, uh, and I think you have some of the details with you, Inclu included accounts of uh, what happened to Jen, what happened to uh, other people in the chess community, including girls as young as 15 years old, Yeah, uh, including people who um, have since left chess, and mm -hmm. we can speculate about maybe this was part of the reason for them yeah. leaving chess. There uh, was a mention of uh, an employee at the World Chess Hall of Fame, uh, which said was assaulted by... Uh, Alejandro and nobody was watching. I think the details were pre-graphic in uh, that regard. And obviously we will link the article as well in the description so that everybody can check it out. Yeah, I think um, she said that um, he uh, it was at a party and yes. he forced her into a bathroom and uh, groped her, kissed her. Pre-graphic. These allegations are very graphic, very uh, difficult to digest. We've taken some time to digest them ourselves as well. We've digested pretty much all the information from the beginning. And um, we have to mention that this is a very personal issue for us as well. And a lot of people have speculated that uh, this was some sort of an open secret out in the chess world, uh, that uh, Alejandro was known as uh, this abuser. Uh, and that's just simply not true. Um, and I want you to elaborate on that a little bit more. Yeah, so I, I can say my relationship with Alejandro, uh, although we met as kids, I wouldn't say that we've known each other at, since we were kids, although we met in, I think, the year like 2002 or one at the Oropesa del Mar World Youth Championship. Mm. And then when I moved back to the United States, which was in uh, 2015 and then moved to St. Louis in 2016, that's when I started to know Alejandro better as a friend. In 2018... Uh, you remember the first camp we had prior to yep. the candidates was Rustam, you, myself, and Lenny Dominguez. And then near the end of it, Alejandro was in Miami and decided to stop by, mm -hmm. did a bit of work for us. And then based on that and based on winning the candidates, I took him on full time for the 2018 World Cycle and all the preparation, which included about three months, I would say. Yeah, three training, to four months, I think, we spent together. Training sessions and culminated with uh, him working remotely on the World Championship match while you you and Rustam were with me in person. So we knew him really well personally. I did 
um, both as a colleague uh, as a, and as a friend. That was 2018 was when I was working with him professionally yeah. and we only worked sporadically after that. Yeah. Uh, I think like this idea that it's an open secret. I mean, if I had seen anything during these camps, if I had heard anything that, or if he had done anything during these camps that had been uh, with underage people or had been sexually inappropriate with anyone, or if I had heard that he was assaulting people or assaulting minors, um, which is even worse, then I would never employ him, and and I would have told people who who might have uh, you know been able to do something about it. Um, I mean, this idea that I'm like secretly defending someone who I have no reason to defend, besides that we you know we were friends, uh, is, is completely nuts. I mean, uh, you know, when when we had our training sessions, like I tried to maintain as professional a work environment as possible, even though it was friendly. Um, but certainly like I wouldn't allow crimes or of course or uh, things like that in my company. And I also never heard, um, from anyone until very recently until yes. this, this, until this dropped. And even after it dropped the people who I've spoken to, to get, to get some clarity, people in the chess world who I know, who I consider friends who knew him personally. Um, and this includes like many, many people are also shocked because he was, a very he was like a mainstay of the chess community mm -hmm. especially in the united states he was the coach of a university team he was a coach of an olympic team uh, i mean that people knew this and they just like let it happen is is like unthinkable yeah but, and i think um some um some people did mention this uh, maybe he was known as some sort of a playboy but nothing to this extent and i can tell you my own experience as well i have students currently that um have been coached by him as well female students in 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 that regard and i have heard nothing of this type of uh, rumors so i think it's important that we address and dispel this 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 whole uh, idea that this was an open secret because it was um and and people need to understand that um so yeah this this is one of the things that i've seen mentioned in a lot of places and it kind of um irked me the the wrong way yeah so i, I think well he covered this he read out the entire wall street journal yes. article all the um instances of abuse that were that were uh detailed there basically he said that his impression of alejandro was a playboy but that never as far as i know went into to the point of um, like public opinion never went into the point that this was inappropriate or um, especially that it would like extend to assault or to underage people. And um, so, of course, when someone is known as like maybe a womanizer or something like that, then it's easier to imagine that they might do stuff that would go beyond that. So maybe that is like part of the speculation but uh, still, from from my point of view, from everyone I've spoken to, it still is like utter shock that that it was this and not that it was, you know, he, he's a playboy or uh, a ladies man or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, that being said, there were complaints and the Wall Street Journal 
did show that people knew. I think that it, it was a case of some people knew, but it wasn't widely talked about. It was talked about in maybe some small circles, and depending on which circle you were in, you might have heard things. Um, but it it wasn't widespread like that. That much I know, because you you just don't continue to get all this sort of um, like mainstream work in chess if if this is like everyone knows it. I mean, it just it just doesn't work like that. It, it doesn't happen. Um, now, being said, there there were complaints, including official complaints. Um, I think you, you probably have like the timeline on, on when the official complaint was. I believe it was something along the lines of 2020 um, when uh, Jennifer uh, Shahadi mentioned this to uh, the two organizations that have been mentioned in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, so um, so what I, I don't know, and I don't know if it's widely known, mm -hmm. is like which of these uh, abuses were uh, known to Jennifer when she made uh, her official uh, statement and which were uncovered as a result of that, mm. because I think it tends to be that when one person speaks out, it uh, emboldens other victims to speak out. This is this is like a pretty common thing we've seen in in um, other abuses, right? In other fields, so it is also very possible that Jen knew that that bad stuff was going on, but not how much. And that this is what she mentioned in her first statement that uh, this allegations, uh, this uh, sexual assault happened in 2014 for herself. And she decided to move on up until she heard from other people uh, with very similar complaints. So she knew about other instances and that's when she decided to uh, speak out. Yeah, um, yesterday I got an email. Mm -hmm. uh, it was from US Chess. I, I don't think it was like a, an email just to me because I think... No, I think uh, all the US Chess members got it as well as... Which is like... This was posted on uh, Twitter as well. Yeah, which is like 100,000 people. I don't know. Did they really send out 100,000 emails? But uh, maybe they did. Basically, the statement reads... Uh, I won't read through the whole thing because it's quite long, but it's a U.S. chess statement on misconduct allegations, and it's addressed to U.S. chess members, and it mentions that the Wall Street Journal article was published detailing all the allegations made by eight women against Alejandro Ramirez, and that the allegations are deeply concerning. They will be evaluated as part of U.S. chess's ongoing investigations in the matter. Then they clarified a few points, which I guess were points of contention between the Wall Street Journal wording and, and them. Um, they said that they stopped engaging in Mr. Ramirez in any capacity. Mm -hmm. But then they also say that he appeared on a podcast. So any capacity is probably not the right wording. It seems like they probably limited. My guess is any paid capacity. I don't think he got paid to appear on free on, on, on probably on a not. podcast. Freelance articles are going to be paid though. Yes. So he wrote articles. I guess he's not like a regular columnist is what I, they mean. I, I don't think he is. Um, still, it's a bit of a like a confusing position. And then another point was actually something I'm, I'm glad they mentioned because there was a lot of uh, like confusion over this matter about how the Olympiad team is selected. And I saw people saying things like, you know, uh, conflating 
for example, the club and the U- U.S. chess and who's making the team, mm-hmm. who's selecting the team. Uh, so I only know what happens for the men's team, but I would assume that a very similar process happens for the women's team. It is a very similar which process. Which is we're yes. given a list of players to choose from, uh, not not necessarily players, people, but they're usually chess players, of course. Um, and then we vote on that. And for example, I remember last year we were given a list of six people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alejandro was on the list of people. Mm-hmm. Robert Hess was who we decided, who we picked. Uh, I actually forgot to vote. So, I mean, it's not really relevant, but I just forgot to vote. So usually I, I assume it's like a democratic vote, like players vote and then the majority, uh, the majority player is picked. It is. Yeah. But still, and that US... happens for the coaching position as well as for the captain position. Yeah, I think like we captain, we didn't get asked, but it was possible that because John Donaldson was our captain, maybe only John Donaldson was uh, the person who submitted. I think that people like submit that they're interested in the position and then U.S. chess forwards that to the players. That's right. Still, yeah. U.S. chess doesn't have to unless, I mean, maybe I'm misunderstanding the, the rules, process. the mm-hmm. process, mm-hmm. but I don't think that it's necessary for them to, like they can say we're not considering this person and they don't have to give a reason, I would assume. Although I don't know for sure. Um, so it still seems like uh, oversight to me. Yes. And what was the rest of this? His U.S. membership has been suspended. Uh, and it did not, they did not receive complaints from or sufficient information regarding the allegations of other women, which I can believe because I think a lot of that maybe came out as a result of this whole thing being exposed. It's very possible that, um, because we know victims sometimes don't want to come out uh, for for reasons that could be that they don't think they'll be believed or that they don't want to relive the past. There could be many reasons. Uh, but usually when, when there is some sort of movement on this, then it encourages people who are victims to, to come out. And I think this is extremely important to do as... A community, the chess community should embrace uh, this type of process and we have to stand with the victims in uh, this case. Obviously, sexual assault is nothing um, that has any place in the chess world. Um, we are obviously condemning that. Um, we are siding here with, with Jen and we applaud her uh, courage for, for, for coming out. Um, and I think that's very important for now and for the future. Yeah, I think that for Jen, it was a tough decision because if she, let's say, made complaints privately, but they didn't lead anywhere, it can it can really discourage someone from like thinking that, uh, you know, these someone doesn't want to uh, to deal with this issue, right? That it's an uncomfortable issue and it's something that that people would rather not deal with and that maybe if you come out publicly it's also it's also going to be a difficult process so it was really good that she decided to um I, i'm sure that it was a difficult decision and and she said it was based on her personal uh experiences but not only that it was more based on when she started to hear that other women and girls were affected and um yeah, that's that's very important. I mean, like these things happen in every field. I don't think chess is special. 
in that it happens less or that it happens more. I think we've seen this happen in the movie industry, in the gymnastics industry. It happens. It's just a result of there are some bad people. And if they're in positions of power, they could abuse that power. And so for me, like one of the questions is, you know, how do you make sure that that people in power don't abuse it? Because in chess, we have, um, we just have a culture where there's a lot of age groups and a lot of mix of men and women. Mm-hmm. You have tournaments, youth tournaments, Olympiads, mm-hmm. where you have young girls who are very strong. They make the Olympiad team and they're going to be in a position of a colleague with, let's say, uh, men in their 40s, 30s, 60s, whatever it is. And we can't just rely that people are always going to be good and mm-hmm. that they're not going to abuse their power. Mm-hmm. And because these, these women, girls, they could be at risk, right? So we, we do rely on um, the powers that be also to, to do something about it, right? So, so I feel like in, in this case, there was... Um, there was some sort of oversight um, when when people were made, people at the top of this stuff were, were made aware, more should have been done, more wasn't done. And, uh, and that's, yeah, that's a failure. Uh, when it comes to like, you know, the whole culture in chess, um, it's definitely up to the people who who are responsible, not just, not just like official people, but also, uh, responsible chess players, uh, elders mm-hmm. to make sure that, you know, if something bad is going on, that, that is reported. Yes. That it doesn't happen as well. Yes. So, um, I mean, I, I've been to parties where there's such a mix of different age groups mm-hmm. and, um, I haven't seen bad stuff happen, but it, it's also clear that bad stuff happens behind closed doors. Behind like, closed doors, yes. Like, and, and, and this seems to be the key takeaway from, uh, from this. All of these allegations have happened um, outside of the public eye. Uh, these allegations, um, going back to the 2014 one that Jennifer mentioned, this happened at the party, but no, nobody was around them at that particular moment. So I think this is uh, very well, there, important. There, there was a pattern that we make it easier for women to speak out. Yeah, there was a pattern when it when it comes to Alejandro, which is like two incidents sound very similar. Which was that he kind of put them into a room where nobody was there. Yeah, and then he uh, assaulted them. So that was like I think a clear pattern between two of the cases, and the other one was a party where everyone left the party. And like, these are things where, I mean, I understand how it is at parties, people drink and they're not paying attention entirely, but, but people need to pay attention to when there's like two people alone to make sure that it's not like an underage person. And And this is, I think, very, very important. I don't think it's normal to have minors, um, first of all, drinking, if the legal age of drinking is, um, 18 or 21 in the United States, I think it's very important to protect those and not provide alcohol as adults to yeah, minors. Yeah, of course. I think no, this no, we, is we shouldn't pretty give, logical and pretty obvious, right? Um, but the issue is not that like 
I don't think like responsible people are feeding alcohol to minors, but you could easily have a situation where let's say, um, you know, our age group is 30 and we might be friends with a 25 year old who's friends with a 20 year old, who's friends with an 18 year old, who's friends with a 16 year old. Yeah. And they don't want to abandon their friends going to a party. So everyone gets invited. Yeah. And, uh, nobody wants to feel excluded and there is going to be alcohol at these parties and nobody is like saying you should drink this alcohol, but that doesn't mean that, you know, everyone is absolutely paying attention to what everyone is doing. Right. At that point, this is something that I think we can improve on. Um, if we see those instances happen, we have to address it in the moment and say, Hey, what is this underage person doing at this party? Um, yeah, so probably I, she, she or he probably shouldn't be here. I spoke to someone recently, like after this whole thing broke and I, I spoke to a colleague, I won't, won't say his name, but, um, but this was about like, sometimes you wind up in a chess situation at Olympiad or something. And then you realize that you're like in a group with very, very young people. And you're like, this is, this is weird because in normal life, there isn't like no social situation exactly where I'm in a group with a 14 year old, for example. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. I mean, there's no scenario unless it's like a public thing. Like I'm going to a baseball game, but, but where I'm like colleagues with a 13 year old, like I have to say, I am colleagues with people, uh, who are like, let's say 2,400 players who are 13, 14 years old or yeah, some are grandmasters, right? Of course. I mean, Chris for you is like, 14 or 15 or something like that. For yeah, example. yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's a lot, playing of, in the US a lot of cases, including girls. For example, yeah. um, Alice Lee is 13. And I she's mean, like... Carissa has been in the US Championship since she was 12 or 13. Yeah, so, so, so this is this is like a really big issue because these girls who are, who are younger... I mean, it can also happen to women, but especially the girls are vulnerable. I think like one thing I've noticed is that whenever you have like these Olympiad teams, the coach is always a man for the women and, and for the men. And I don't see any reason why, why women wouldn't also be the coach of the women's team. Mm. Uh, it would create a safer environment for, for the players. Um, that's not to say of course that women can't also, you know, potentially ex- uh, exploit their power, but it would still create a safer environment and also give more opportunities to, to strong chess playing women. Uh, yeah, that feels like definitely something that can be improved on. Yeah, a lot of things can be done. That sure. is one step that um, we as a community can do to improve uh, this. We as our community and our channel, we've already taken steps since um, the very get-go of uh, this whole ordeal. We have uh, demonetized the podcast that we've done with Alejandro um, and yeah, we I have decided to, yeah, I to think, take it down. I think we will take it down because... Um, even if it's not making money, it's still, it, it's like, it's a friendly atmosphere. It mm-hmm. wasn't just like a straightforward interview. It was a rather friendly atmosphere and, um, people see that and they get upset that this person was, was so accepted in the chess community. And, right. uh, and that, that's very understandable. Like, I think people had a lot of very reasonable questions for us because of our closeness to him. I think some of it was also unreasonable. Like some of it was. Um, like you were so willing to speculate about Hans Niemann, but you weren't willing to speculate about this, yeah. which is like a, a gross misunderstanding of the two situations. One is a chess situation. We're like talking about chess moves and chess games. And the other is, and like, we didn't accuse anybody. No, I think one was just that it was a chess topic and we're 
kind of we know chess well so yeah. we felt um qualified let's say the other thing was that we felt it is reasonable to speculate one way or the other because for example if i defend hans and i did like i said i don't think he was cheating in the sinkfield cup then that's like a reasonable statement but in this instance there was no there was no both sides to it right it yeah. was only condemnation or you wait for some more information which is what we were doing mm-hmm. and the other thing is that like we weren't trying to hurt anyone and when it comes to this sort of thing any sort of thing you say can hurt someone mm-hmm. so you have to be very careful with what you say because uh, like this is such a serious i mean it yeah. affects not only the people who whose names we've heard like alejandro and jennifer and the only other name we heard was the person at the club but also all the people who chose not to say their names are are very heavily personally affected by this so it's it's such a responsible matter compared to that one in my opinion yes absolutely. and and of course i i still do have some regrets with how we handled the whole hans thing but that's not not really a topic for this time but still i just wanted to say why it's like such a different situation and uh in terms of our like close ties with him uh i understand why people had questions but uh you know this was really not something that we knew about it was um yeah i mean it was a shock simply put it was a huge shock we're to be honest we're still digesting everything that has happened in the past three weeks it started off as a shock it developed into yeah i don't even have the words to, to to describe my feelings yeah, uh, when I, I, when this article came about i was actually on some sort of a mini vacation uh, nothing uh, since has been occupying my mind except this um it's, yeah no it's, it's for me too i mean i i think a lot of people who haven't spoken out yeah uh publicly about it who knew who are colleagues or friends of alejandro um like they're just as shocked and and still trying to come to terms with it because it's something that you see like in the news it happens yeah you know in hollywood let's say yeah but you don't ever expect it to actually happen uh to you personally of course not yeah 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 very unfortunate situation i think once again we have to make it very very clear that we uh we stand with the victims um we, we stand with jen and um i think that's that's very important and it gives woman an avenue to come out and speak about this type of things because it's very important and once again sexual misconduct doesn't have a place in 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 the chess world and as a chess community we have to uh, address and condemn that um this video will also not be monetized that's another thing we um we cannot do a lot of things but these are the small things that we can do to... Yeah, I think it's the least we can do is not profit off of this. To, to address. This is Which, not something that we're trying to profit off, obviously. Um, it, it's just something that has to be addressed. And yeah, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Um, we don't know how this thing is going to develop. I mean, so, I think it's it's uh, already like, you know, when it first when the the first tweet happened, I still like wanted to to not believe it was true um at this point like i don't think there's any way uh even if even if you were personally like even if you knew the guy to to deny it i mean there's 
there's just no way it's um so many victims came forward i think how it will develop yeah i mean the guy has been um banned from u.s chess uh from the he had a job at the st louis university which he no longer yes. has yes at the st louis chess club yeah he I, no longer will work yes I, I, and he I knows that himself um it's pretty obvious that there's um not a future in 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 the chess world for for alejandro yeah at this point all right well um uh, i think we're probably given the severity of it and and given the weight of this whole um ordeal i i, I don't think we're going to address anything else in this week's episode um yeah i'll just like say one thing which is that my like we're recording this right before the pro chess league and that's supposed to happen in like 15 minutes and i was already supposed to join their zoom call and they're probably <laughs> so, trying uh, to find you all right so yeah uh, i hope we addressed it in, in enough detail that um that people understand our position yeah. and yeah and how we feel about the whole thing absolutely all right see you guys in the next episode